Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Mel Zan read-through podcast. My name is India. I have not read every book in the main series. And with me today is my co-host and closest confidant, Peter Bond, who has read every book in the main series. And you doing okay, buddy? Um, I have some pretty serious allergies going on, and my face hurts. But other than that, I'm doing great. And you? Uh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing okay. It's great to hear your sonorous voice. Unfortunately, we had a robo India on the last episode. <laughs> um, but um, it's great. To, it's great to have you back. Uh, unless we lose this audio again, <laughs> and I'm talking to a robot as we speak. No. Oh my. This laptop is mine. I will not quit before. It's- recovering all of my audios. <laughs> you can look Thank forward you. to getting the, dir- that. the director's cut of 10 Very Big Books. And also with us is our friend and lover, AJ Fuleri. Hello. All three of our heads turned at that. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to be your collective lover. And I'm going to also just assume that you said all of our collective lovers, so I'm assuming the listener as well. Congratulations. Welcome to the welcome to the AJ Hive. Wow. I love you all very much. Damn right. You heard it here first. And last, but certainly not least, honestly first, Joshua Dean Baker, our favorite lover as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm first. I get the whole name, and I'm the favorite lover. I've really just the trifecta this morning. Josh is an extremely never mind. Say <laughs> <laughs> AJ. Josh is an extremely generous lover. That's I am. That's what, I'm a giver. He's a giver. I don't know oh how I feel. Lord. I don't know how I feel about the only one being not turned into a lover. Like. No, no, you are. We're all. We are all the the. The common thread here is that we are all lovers. Um, right, right. We love each other. We love you. We love what we do. We love Malazan. Also, Malazan. We love Malazan. That's our thing. Yeah. We love Steven Erickson. We love it all. Um, we do. Without further ado, guys. Oh, we're honestly, I'm really sorry for my nasally voice today. It, it, it's it's rough out here. I mean, it's it's early. It's the day after Easter. It's allergy season, baby. The temperature has dropped 20 degrees in the last two days. So, yeah, uh, that's really fucking me up. (laughs) Honestly, I agree. There's going to be a lot of editing of sneezes and sniffles. Yeah. Yeah. Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung directly into our noses. And I'm not mad at it. Josh, did you say hot? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Spring has kind of (laughs) blown its load, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. What is pollen if not, you know? You know, I mean, pollen is legitimately. (laughs) Yeah, it's plant ejaculate is what we're saying. God. And it is directly all over our faces. Yeah. Yeah. India is just pulled out. I'm cutting it out currently, but India is just blowing her (laughs) nose with uh, a toilet paper roll that she just pulled off the side of her desk. I like your nails, India. Oh, those are nice. And lots of rings this morning, India. Oh, I always wear a lot of rings, guys. I can't do rings. I've got I I don't like the most things touching my body. I feel like I would not like metal on me. I used to have a mood ring in middle school that I really liked and then I stopped wearing no it cuz because people and I was afraid people would think I was gay. So I hid that mood ring away. No way. 100%. Disappointing. Whoa. And then Nothing ever came of it. How could you ever tell how you felt? Well, listen, don't worry. Completely losing touch with my emotions and repressing parts of me worked out great. So don't worry. Don't (laughs) follow us, Enid. Thank God for that. Thank God. And so mood rings just go by temperature. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna guess they just are. They go by your direct mood. 
They go by so your sorry. mood. That's exactly That's so right. Sorry. They, they're attuned <laughs> to your spirits and energies, you know. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Wow. Energy is a very real thing. Before we get into this episode, like, nice. you heard it here first. Energy matters. We are all made of energy. If you don't think that energy is real, you're fucking crazy. That, and we are also ruled by the moon. We are ruled by the moon. This is well known. My one, my friend once was like, well, we are ruled by the moon because of we're made of water and tides and stuff. And, you yeah. know, that's just airtight logic. So shout out to a real mm. one. You know what? That was the logic that I was going to uh, pull out of my ass. So <laughs> totally agree Crushed with it. that. I wow. think energy is real and just like a way that people have vibes and social interactions are real, but it's not real and like it gets thrown around a lot as a kind of nonsense word. We're you know? literally balls of energy. That's all we are. But bro, what do you even mean by that? You know, like if you completely separated us into like the smallest of parts, all there would be is energy. Atoms bouncing back and forth. I want to keep pulling on the thread, but some okay. <laughs> Um, so right. this is a show about the Malazan Book of the Fallen, <laughs> as you probably yeah. have guessed. If you've gotten this far, congratulations, and let's get into it as your reward. Chapter 4 Traveler lands ashore. His ship is wrecked in the shallows. He is immediately attacked by a bear, which he kills and eats its heart. He heads onward. Namander, Skintik, and Desra debate power. Namander is tormented by the two voices in his head speaking to him, his lover and Fade. The group reaches fields of strange plants fed by thousands of scarecrows, which are actually just corpses wrapped in rags. They are met by a priest of the dying god who tells them the former cities of the Panyon are rising in this new age of Salmon Kellic. Clips says he wants to travel to Bastion to see this god. Seer Doman makes his way through the city to the Great Barrow. At the Barrow, Seer Doman gives the Redeemer his company to aid the Redeemer in his great loneliness. He asks the Redeemer to bless the pilgrims with peace. Afterward, the High Priestess, a young woman, speaks to him, calling him the Benighted, which she says is a title of respect and that they believe the Redeemer has chosen him to guard his children. He tells her he refuses the responsibility and leaves. Endis Salon thinks back to when he was an acolyte in the Temple of Mother Dark, entering Carcanus during a time of chaos. Rake arrives, the blood of Tiamat running through him, fired to life by the conflation of chaotic sorcery. Rake tells Endis to come with him to the temple, saying the crime of this day rests with Mother Dark. Endis realizes Rake intends to confront her. Rake thinks he will one day be betrayed by Endis. He tells him as much. 
In another flashback, Animander goes to talk to Mother Dark, and she is horrified to realize that he has Tiam's blood in him, and says she forsakes him and that she denies all her first children. They will be bereft of purpose. Spinnock worries that the Seerdemon, whom he knows is troubled by something having to do with the Great Barrow, has lost faith. He stops to visit a priestess of the Redeemer and asks if there is a crisis of faith among them. She tells him the Seerdemon denies us in our need, though she won't say what that need is. She says Spinnock can't help, and the Redeemer will end that which afflicts his followers. Kalor walks the plains of Lamath, musing on the futility of history, of the ephemeral nature of achievement, and the banality of life and death. So kicking it off... We're traveling. We are traveling. Oh, I get it. I was like, wait, are we? Let's go on a trip. The Traveler. The Traveler. Which brings me to my first question, guys. You know, we start, there's a Traveler, whatever that means, whoever he is, gets attacked by a bear, comes out of Mm. nowhere, really. Very (laughs) strong, kills the bear, um, eats the bear, and goes on his merry way. Sorry, we cannot, we cannot scoot. I'm sorry. Yeah, ask your questions. Ask your question. Wait, scoot. Don't scoot. Don't scoot. Well, I was going to say, we can't scoot past the fact he didn't just eat the bear. He took the heart out and squeezed the blood into his mouth for sustenance. (laughs) Horrifying. (laughs) Well, of of course, that's what you would do if you killed the bear. That's how you do it. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt. That was just like uh, that was like one of the main notes I took on this part was how gross that fucking was. It it was visceral. It was absolutely visceral. And I personally was like, is this my my main thoughts were like, do I know this person? And then I was like, actually, I don't really I'm not even going to think about this because the answer will come to me eventually, as as I always do, because thinking too deeply about Malzan is never a good idea for me. I never get the answer that I'm looking for. So and I'm never right. So I just I just (laughs) let the answers kind of come to me. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely didn't know who we were dealing with until it was like, uh, blah, 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 Traveler said, or, you know, whatever, whenever we got the actual Traveler name drop. Because, like, when was the last time we saw Traveler? What was he doing? I've never even, please. I so, believe the last time is in book four. I'm I'm fairly certain of that. Are yes. you telling yeah, me yeah, that yeah. there was somebody named Traveler in book four that I'm supposed to remember? Not a real name, just a yeah, noun. On the, on the island, yes. On Drifterval, <laughs> when we first re- <laughs> yeah, on the island with all the with Andrus and the other Tisty Andy, he comes at the end. He kills all the people invading, which I think are Tisty Eater, and mm-hmm. then Kalinved and Cotillion Shup, and they're like not fucking with him, and they just get all the people onto a boat. Yeah, and and Cro- Crocus and Absalar find him. Oh, yeah. He's got oh, the sword. This okay, is true. and and you mean to tell me that you guys just remembered that? That's what you're telling me. Vaguely, well, mostly. I've read the books, so <laughs> I, yeah, I, was, I actually actually know India because I I got this guy confused with a different person whose name is a vague at noun. I thought this was the guy from the Bone Tower in Dead uh, in House of Chains, uh, and that's the Keeper. This is right. Traveler. Yes, so I did have to look up the difference. The Keeper, who is so. just a ripped dude building, uh, yeah, like the super strong dude fossils. in a Bone Tower. They call me the Keeper. What song is that? Yeah, I don't know. It's a who? The who? Oh. 
Notoriously, okay. notoriously, right, Pete and a bunch of our friends went to see The Who in, in our freshman year of high school. It was the wildest. Was my first, Were you my one first of live concert. No. I saw, went and saw The Who. It's incredible. Shout out. More of a guess who guy myself. Nice. I thought you were talking about like uh, Dr. Seuss, like Horton Hears a Who. No. Um. <laughs> so from here, guys, we move over to our good friends. And I say friends loosely. Clip and Namander. Skin tick and really the gang, just 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 the gang. Clip is listening to the voices in his head and freaking out. It kind of makes you feel like, hey, maybe Clip is like a piece of shit for a reason. Um, so whatever, they they end up getting to this like field of scarecrow humans, which is like super disturbing. They're kind of bleeding, can't really tell, and I think they run into somebody who's like. You guys gotta, you guys gotta go see that that dying god, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> um, this, I don't know. There wasn't really much going on here, but had what I really wanted to get into is like the thought, the voices in Clip's head, and how you feel like, like what do you, what do you guys think is going on there? Maybe Josh to going on with Clip specifically, just in general where they're going, but also the voices in Clip's head. Who are they? Who's who's? Aren't the voices in? You're, the voices are in Namander's head. They're not in Clip's head, and the voices mm. fade. The girl he killed last book. What? Yeah. So the we're not seeing Clip's POV. We're seeing Namander's POV. He's the younger Tisty Andy who was kind of leading the group that was stuck with the Shake, and then he stayed awake for like three days last book because Fade was gonna try and kill. What's her face? Uh, uh, I don't got it off the top of my head. Sandalith? Sandalith, yeah. And then he went and strangled her almost to death, but then Sandalith like knocked him off. And then Sandalith's lover slash husband, the blacksmith, uh, threw her out of her window and killed her. Yeah, I mean, I think Namander here is being, uh, obviously, you know, he had such consternation about the, the yeah. Fade storyline last book. I mean, clearly it weighs very heavy. Fade was like his sister, so, like, yes. uh, it's really weighing on his soul that he, even if he didn't kill his sister, he directly led to her death. And so he's just kind of playing in his head what she would be saying at any given moment, which mm -hmm. is probably not healthy. I'm feeling a little bit concerned because the audiobook, you know, there's a lot of different voices and I, I get used to these voices as who these characters are. Mm. And I think that I really thought that Namander was Clip. So you have, so you're going to be misunderstanding a lot of what happened. Yeah. In these N characters. Namander narrates all of those sections. Clip does not narrate. I was wondering why he seemed like so nice. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've seen a Clip POV only once and it was when all of his people died and we saw it we had a two sentence pov from him pretty sure mm -hmm. that was last book i always yeah. read i always read the storyline as uh namander who you know largely reads to be like kind of just a kind of bland good guy sometimes is yes. very hung very hung up on the problem of well my sister is a murderer and wants to do murder and i can't really do anything about it and that just sucks. You know, it's just kind of dealing with the problem of, well, this person wants to murder someone. What what can I do about that? And then that kind of decision gets made that, OK, well, you know, you're going to murder them, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of just obviously that hangs over him tremendous amount. He, I don't really feel like he, he clearly is not someone who's like, well, that's that. I've murdered her. And that's <laughs> the solution to that moral quandary is I get yeah. to murder her and we're moving on. You know, <laughs> she seems very he's, he's obviously very hung up in a way that I relate to with just like 
Well, that one time just, you killed someone. Well, mm-hmm. no, just like the the very simple moral quandary of like, well, this person wants to do a bad thing, and like, what do you do about it? You know, mm. you mind your own fucking business. Interesting. That's what you yeah. do about it. You mind your own fucking business. I, I've never thrown anyone through a window, so you, know. <laughs> you haven't lived, PB. You gotta wonder though. Just because you feel bad, does that change anything? India, I can f- confirm it absolutely doesn't. I've done a lot of feeling bad. It has not changed the situation. <laughs> so. And was anybody very disturbed by the scarecrow people? Yeah, oh, they're yeah. fucking terrifying, India. Are they alive, guys? Man. I, I love all of the imagery here. It's so fucking good. It's really evocative. It's very Stephen yeah. King, um, but it's also just truly fucking horrifying. It's awful, yeah. Also, I mean, we, we were, we're learning a good bit about this fucking weird alcohol in these chapters. Yeah. And AJ, AJ did <laughs> hit us with a very solid message that said, hey, did you know that Gruntle in the last three chapters that we read a month and a half ago was transporting that same liquid wine shit? And, yeah. and so that's thankfully AJ saw that because otherwise I would have literally never made the connection. Yeah. So Kellick. there's going to be some there's going to be some yeah. Kellick shit going on in the latter half of this book, I think. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know how you see someone drink that and stain their fucking mouth black and go, oh, that's cool. uh, right up my alley. Get, yeah. get me, give me one pint, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is, uh, it's a ha- have you ever seen somebody get like really mean drunk, Josh? And you're like, I want to do that. <laughs> I have never honestly hung out with someone who was mean drunk. So yeah. the bakers are a very jovial bunch. <laughs> we tend to hang out with like minded people. <laughs> I'm just imagining every Baker family uh, family gathering, everyone sitting around going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. quite a good one, Joshua. Oh, Exclusively oh, oh. ghost of Christmas present energy. Yes, exactly. exactly. That's what, when you say the word jovial, that's exactly where my head goes. Good. Moving right along. We meet up yeah. with the Seer Domen. Domen. What do you guys say? Seer Domen. Seer Domen. Seer, Seer Domen. Great. Yeah, we all right, say so something We're kind of split down the middle here. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, and he goes to pray and asks the Redeemer for something with the pilgrims. And I don't really understand anything about what's going on with the Seer Domin, like, at all. The Redeemer. Um, and he doesn't want to be, like, responsible for the people there. Mm-hmm. But what is that? Like, this whole thing made no sense. I don't really think it was important. Maybe it is. So do you understand what the Barrow is, India? Me. Me. The Great Bear. Do you under do you understand what's inside of that? I I just thought it was like a church. No. So a barrow is a is like a burial mound. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. And AJ, tell tell her what's in the middle of the, of this one. So this this burial mound is Itcovians. Oh, uh, pause. Pause. Okay. And do you remember remember last book when Beak died and they just threw all their precious items on him? Yeah. Okay. That's this. It's the yeah. It's the but same. Not situation. the Beak one. Same situation, though. Yes, same situation. So this is Edkovian's Barrow. So Edkovian from book three took all the sorrow of the Talani Mass, did that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's being hinted that he could become ascendant because he's being worshipped by so many people. Yeah, as the Redeemer. Yeah. And people think people think the Seerdomen is connected because he has just come to visit the Barrow every day because he was a member of, you know, the Panion army, Panion army. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just coming to kind of like not really pay recompense. He's not like, I'm sorry I did this. He's just kind of been coming to the Barrow and hanging out and then leaving, yeah. which has made the people around the Barrow who have been worshiping the Barrow as the Redeemer uh, be like, oh, he must be like Seer Domin must be, you know, the the first sword or something, or mortal sword or something like he's got to yeah, be or connected the, in some way they, to this redeemer. She says he's been benighted. 
but he does not accept that that is his role. Yeah, he does not want it. Uh, so this is this time that we see him go to the Barrow and kind of hang out and talk to this woman is the last time he goes to the Barrow. Uh, and then later on, we come back to the people here and they're like, he hasn't come back in a couple days. So I'm worried. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole that's the whole Redeemer shtick. I'm psyched about it because I love it. I love it. Uh, so if it comes back as some sort of cool ascendant, I <laughs> cool ascendant, you know, all the ascendants we've met are notori- notoriously cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pete, you look you look confused. I'm not confused. I just uh, I feel like this plot line and some of this stuff, it just like can sometimes be too, too in the abstract, opaque realm of like just people named the I named after ideas talking about figments and emotions. And, you know, it's like, I don't know, I'm longing for something. And it's in contrast to all the Darugistan stuff, which is so much more like down to earth human drama stuff, you know, on the on the other hand, I like this a lot because I mean, like he does have a real role, like his presence right. has been stopping crime in this entire area. So like, yeah, of course they want to like give him all these titles and then he goes away and spoiler for two chapters now crime come back no i i know that and and i don't know i just i was i that's a whole other thing to get to i just feel like sometimes i'm like naming stuff after vague ideas like some left after a while i like kind of like disengage from it you know so i just Mm. think it's like yet another thing named the idea you know so it's some part of me is just about the naming is is like i don't know it's something I get over, you know. I mean, but that's just mm-hmm. like religion, though. It it do be like that in a way. But yeah. that's a bigger that's a bigger theme to talk to about later. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, guys. Wow. <laughs> These are some really great thoughts. <laughs> really hype me up. <laughs> then this was a whole big weird situation after this whole big clusterfuck oh, yeah. of. Uh-huh. Going back and forth and back in time. So let's all ride back to the days of Mother Dar when she was literally just our mother. There was no big to do. She was just our mom doing not a great job making all these other kids. And we said, what do we do? I guess we kind of like kill people because we're pissed. Right. And then naturally. And then mom says, that was bad. And now I'm not your mom anymore. Figure mm. it out. You will live forever just wandering the fucking mm-hmm. world with no purpose. Mm-hmm. Pretty brutal. <laughs> this is my great barrow. Uh, I don't get the, the, the flashbacks are just not it for me. They're weird. I don't know. They're the so Tisti- weird. I know. I liked the Tisty Andy in book three because they were gone and we only had Corlat and Corlat like kind of had emotions and was easy to understand. The, this new set is tough for me. Mm. And I especially I don't like reading for the old guy's perspective because he makes me sad. <laughs> that is my official stance. Yeah, I will say one that. one line that stuck out to me here. Animander says, what value is that if she will not be held accountable for her deeds? And Endus says, she's the creator of us all, Lord. And Animander says, yes, and she will answer for it, which I thought was it just kind of made me chuckle. But also, like, nobody asks to be born, you know? Well, I I also think there's like a direct parallel to literally what Clip said at the end of the seventh book or like literally he is an identical quote to being like, well, Anamanda Rake is going to answer to us. We're oh, going right. to get yeah. the, you know. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, so that's a good pull. You know, I'm really going to confront my mom and really get everything I want out of it, you know. 
in India, do you connect with this stuff? Are you interested in the the Andy lore, the Andy history? I mean, like, kind of. I think it's like, I think it's interesting to like, I guess, know it. Like, that's pretty much like to understand why they are even a thing. If if that's part of the story, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm interested because I feel like it's been such like a buildup of like who they all are and what they all are. And it's like, okay, well, now you're going to tell us. But also it's just like, there's a lot of things going on right now. And I don't have time for this. And sure. It's just like a lot, especially the going back in time and then you're back. I feel like you're like you go back in time and then like to another time also back like just that was not right next to each other. I don't know. It's just very confusing for me to read these this whole book. And anytime we go back in time, I always am confused because then I forget like like I don't know. Like now I'm trying to think about who these characters are and then who they and and then there's more of them. And then they all have the same name, essentially, like Andarist, Endist. And Amanda, like, it's just like, all sure. Yeah, those those are the most confusing set of names. I'm I'm with you right there. I like I like Nanander. That's a fun name. <laughs> yeah, that too. Nanander and, and you're thinking of Nananda versus Namander. Oh, fuck actually. me. Yeah, <laughs> right. So cool. Were you guys connected to it at yeah. all? <sighs> it's a pretty like good portion though it really is like a pretty good portion of the chapter and i think i like, think it's a pretty engaging part i there's a bigger conversation to be had but i i like it so i think it's cool when the shit hits the fan but until then see you guys later then it's kef 10 our time baby <laughs> let's go it play is. this fucking game dude Josh, are you looking to see if somebody has created a, a fan made Captain Yes, a hundred percent. They haven't. I've already looked into it. I'm <laughs> looking. It's so complicated. Fuckers. They've made every other fucking game from fiction, but leave it to Steve to make some game that's so convoluted no one can figure out how to play it. <laughs> um. All right, getting to the kind of the end of this chapter. I don't. Well, do you wanna do you wanna discuss the spinoff stuff? He's got a sword. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, chapter four was like not super, it was a lot of setup, you know? I wasn't feeling is, very is, like. Is the Spinox section where he has sex? Someone has Who's, sex. Someone, someone has with the sex. high priestess. Is that right. this chapter? No, that's the next chapter. And okay. I, it's like, but she doesn't. It's a weird scene. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah it was fucking strange to be. Yeah, it was weird. Um, He talks okay, to guys. a priestess in this part. I don't think they have sex. Spinox, the guy that plays the game with the Seardman, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he fucks a priestess. It's like a whole thing. So she can like reach enlightenment. They talk I more mean, about the Redeemer. Do they, is it this chapter? No way. I don't think no, so. No, definitely not. I'm, the definitely person not this that chapter. I thought had sex was okay. the one that like thought it was her husband and then it wasn't. <laughs> we'll talk, we'll talk about oh, that, that later. later. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's what I was discuss. That's the sex I was thinking of. No, that's not this. It's not this. No, Spinock is it's the one. Definitely not this. Spinock is the one hanging out with Seer Dumman. Yeah, they're like BFFs. They just chill out all the time. And he goes, he goes to see what's at the Barrow because he's like, why is my friend always hanging out at this place? And then the high priest just tells him about the Redeemer and all this stuff. Says he hasn't been coming by. So <laughs> does Spinock bang? Yeah, they have sex. It's like very clear. I believe it is this chapter, guys. I can go get my book if I need to. Cause like they're both shirtless or or like naked. Oh, yeah. It's like yes. very clear they have sex. Yes, that's and right. Then, and, and then Anamander makes fun of it next chapter that like it's always Spinak that gets called when the high priestess needs to have visions. Are you thinking 
Mm. No, they have sex. Meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I totally misunderstood what you were talking about. You are correct. Yes. I was thinking about the priestess of the Redeemer who he's no, talking to in the no, present. No, 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 no. Yeah, this no. is, this is, yeah. No, there's a whole, that's, that's yeah, the two, whole past that's has two a whole sex from now. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we now, I now understand the, the miscommunication. Then we see Kalor, fuck that guy. Um, That's it. He's, he's just w- doing his thing, walking around, being a dickhead. And uh, then we well, end the chapter. I think this Calor part is actually really interesting because it's like, he, I, I agree, fuck Calor, but he's walking around and he's like, it really stinks to have everything I want. That's so boring. <laughs> like, what's the point of ruling people if I don't have to conquer anymore? This is boring. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like, eat my whole butt. Like, come on. Yeah, he's uh, it's incredible. Yeah. I, and also... I did not know. I didn't expect Cal to be back. So I think that's actually really interesting. Oh, really? That he's like seems to be. I mean, I figured maybe eventually, and I guess it makes sense. But like, he seems to be pretty involved, considering we see him at the end of chapter six. So yeah, be I do important. like the the end of this chapter. The final part. The final uh, uh, couple of lines uh, in Cal's part. The world, someone once said, gives back what is given in abundance. But then, as Calor would point out, someone was always saying something until he got fed up and had them executed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, it's just a funny little little bit. Uh, it's it's interesting to see Calor, who was like this, like straight up villain, be played as this kind of like not, not <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. goofy, but like there are jokes. <laughs> there are jokes there. He does make jokes, which is yeah. unexpected. It's interesting. It's also we didn't we never saw in his head. I don't think in book three. So in maybe like one time to no, he, he needed to know that he was going to betray everybody. Yeah. So I guess yeah, it was yeah, one yeah. Time. When the crippled God came and talked to him, we knew maybe really late in book three, but I, I uh, kind I don't we know. had no, to, I, because we were suspicious of him and there's no other POV that would make sense. No, I think we see what's her name. Uh, oh my God. I can't remember her name. Um, in love with, with whiskey Jack. Corlat. Yeah, we see it from Corlat's POV. She like hears him in his tent talking to someone, mm, but she doesn't she doesn't make the connection that it's the crippled god, I think. Um, interesting. Yeah. So that's a whole weird thing. Uh, man. Remember book three? <laughs> yeah. Long time ago. And with that, we end the chapter. Before we move on. We want to thank our we want to thank everyone who's kind enough to back us on Patreon. Yeah. I, a fun a fun little business fact about the Patreon is that uh people are so generous in supporting us that I, we actually had to pay taxes on that money this year. So Oh wow. <laughs> thank you everybody. Fucking Uncle Sam, no taxes, that's my <laughs> new thing. All taxation is theft, baby. <laughs> A big thank you to Thomas, Eric, CJ, Pippin, Fred, Tim, JB567. It's a me, JR. Um, <laughs> Lucas, sorry, not sorry, Scott. And uh, thanks so much for supporting nope. the show. It nope. really. There's three, three more. more. Three more. I, I can't see them. Oh, I got it. And thank you to Chris, <laughs> Matthew, and Paul. That's right, Apostles, baby. All three of them here for the Easter. I don't know; those are the apostle names, but I know they all sound very I, biblical. Matthew and Paul are definitely disciples. There's not a Chris. There's not a Chris. There's no Christopher. Chris. Really? There's not an apostle Chris. So, so, Chris so, is so, like Christ. What if he's the one? There yes. it is. There Chris is Christ. Christ. Yes. He just had a very sloppy handwriting. It's actually Jesus Chris is his name, but people uh, think there was a T at the end. Christopher. Christ. Christ is short for Christopher. <laughs> 
Christ. Um, thank you all so much for your continued support. Honestly, we'll, we'll never be able to express our gratitude enough. Uh, this month, you can look forward to a Star Trek uh, fourth movie conversation going up. Uh, and also, eventually, there will be an uncut episode. <laughs> Ten uh, very big books, raw and uncut, on the Patreon soon. Check soon. it out. Yes. And thank you so much. You can get access to all of our extra Patreon content for just one dollar. Uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff above that, but not a bunch, but there's there's stuff above that. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Chapter five. Krupp gives us a big picture sense of Darugistan's liveliness. Torvald breaks into Garib the Lender's house. He rapes Garib's wife and takes his money. We meet a five-year-old named Harlow and his cousin Snell, who is a little psychopath. Harlow is Stoney's son, a product of rape, and refers to her as Aunt Two. He thinks of Uncle Two, Gruntle, as the bravest, wisest man in the city. His adoptive parents, Aunt Merla and Uncle Bedick, suffer mentally and physically. Harlow helps take care of the family. Dewiker burns his failed attempts at writing a history of the chain of dogs. He mourns the singular constancy of human stupidity. Mallet tells him the Marines are working on tracing back the assassins to their source. Thority, who runs a vegetable stall in the market, watches her husband Gaz storm off in a rage. He lost all his fingers in a fishing accident, leaving only a fist. She thinks of how Gaz never hits her because he needs her, but he takes his rage out on others. She thinks how both she and Gaz would be happier were he dead. He's met by a cowled figure who tells him, welcome your God, whom Gaz has sacrificed to six times. The figure tells him to keep harvesting souls. Gaz begins to protest. The figure says Gaz's desires are irrelevant and then the sound of flies buzz into Gaz's head. Getting the sense that killing will drive the sound out, Gaz kills again. Ralik Nam meets an old friend and current assassin, Krut. Krut tells Nam that there was a cult around him, that it had been outlawed by the Guildmaster Savar, that Krut is under suspicion and being cut out, and that a lot of assassins have left for Elengarth, Black Coral, and even Pale to join the Claw. Krut explains the cult was not so much religious as philosophical with regard to assassination. No magic, lots of poisons, ototaral dust if possible, but that Sabar is trying to go back to magic. Pust enters the Shadow Temple with the Bokrala. He announces himself as Magus of High House Shadow. A Night Watchman escorts Mappo to the Temple of Burn. They see Gaz's victim, and the Watchman notes he thinks it's time to bring a mage to the case. Mappo is met by a priest who asks if he would walk the veins of the earth despite its risks, and Mappo says yes. He says they'll prepare Mappo by bathing him in blood. Barathal, Solara, and Chower head to a tavern. Ansi, Picker, and Blend are also there and take note of the new arrivals and of Barathal's resemblance to Kalam. Picker wonders if he's a claw, and Ansi suggests maybe he's the one trying to kill them. Blend tells Barathal she knows Kalam, 
and he tells her they're cousins. They discuss how neither is with the Malazan Embassy, how Barathal never served directly in the Empire, and how Blend's group is retired and running Krull's bar. The tables send drinks back and forth until it ends with the ex-bridge burners drinking coral milk and passing out. Crone watches Baruch conjure a demon with jade eyes, which he says is a disembodied soul. He admits he recently had a visit from Shadowthrone. They discuss the gods being so eager for war as long as someone else does the fighting, and the promises that Shadowthrone makes. She also warns him of Vorkan's imminent arrival, and also that she has found the confirmation that Rake sought, which Baruch assumes was that Shadowthrone spoke true. Baruch tells Chilbase to fly to Derudan and invite her to counsel with him and Vorkan. The demon leaves, and Baruch thinks of how Vorkan has left only the three of them to stop, if we can, the return of the tyrant. He wonders if he should ask Rake for help. Cutter stands outside the Phoenix Inn, torn about going inside. Wondering if too much time has passed, he's surprised from behind by Ralik Nam, whom he wounds before they recognize each other. Cutter helps Ralik in and gets some help. When they're suspicious he's an assassin, Cutter denies it, and Mies tells the crowd to cool it. Cutter talks to Krupp. Scorch and Left tell Krupp they found Torvald and didn't hand him over to Garib because Torvald said he'd pay Garib himself and then pay them. Krupp thinks if Garib hears, they'll be in trouble. Torvald returns to his wife, to Sarah, apologizes for being gone so long, and tells her that he stole from Garib. Krupp closes with a bird's eye view of the city and several of the characters. All right, so we start with Kruppa. I I kind of like the idea of Kruppa kind of like being like a like an all knowing perspective. Mm-hmm. I like when he opens a chapter. I think it's it's fun. It's it's you know it's a little surprise. Who didn't mm-hmm. miss Kruppa? You know, and that annoying annoying voice. And huh. yeah, so what? Nothing. I'll put him on blast later. I'm putting Kruppa on. Kruppa's on notice. You don't like Kruppa? I Our love Lord and Savior. He's got one dumb quote, and I'm going to put him on blast later. We don't need oh, to do it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I like I like that this section ends with "We are in the midst." So it's like the story has begun. We're in the midst of the story. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's actually I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, it actually it, um, it, every time every time Krupp pops up, it reminds me that Steve said that this book is a cipher. So it just reminds me to keep that in oh, in my yeah. mind to see if I can maybe puzzle out like all the themes in the series, I guess. Mm. <sighs> and then we move on. All right. <laughs> and then we move on um, to Torvald Nam. And this is mm. what I was talking about because mm. snuck into a woman's home mm-hmm. who thought that her husband yeah. was role playing, mm-hmm. fucked her. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's just a really interesting story around consent here. <laughs> um, not cool. Not cool, Torvald Nam. But did, you know, find out some pertinent information using sexy time. Yeah. How do we feel about that, PB? Oh, uh, throwing it to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I talked to AJ about it. Yeah, I mean, the consent thing uh, is bad. 
yeah, I, it's a very weird scene. Uh, it, it sucks in, in multiple ways. Um, and I kind of can't help but just feel like this is kind of a misogynistic fantasy played straight. I mean, I don't know. I talked to AJ about what different ways there there could be angles or generous ways I could interpret it. But I don't know. It's It's very weird. And I think what makes it weirder besides the fact of those issues around consent or whatever, is that it's kind of the longest and horniest scene thus Mm -hmm. far, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like, pretty long, you know? And a lot of the times, Steve kind of cuts to black. I can't really think of that many other that detailed sex scenes, you know? There's some other moments. I don't know. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was strange. Uh, I I mean, like, I I don't know. I think it was supposed to be, like, silly, but uh, I thought it was weird. Um, I would not like that. But that's just me. Would not like a random person sneaking into my house, pretending to be my husband. Yeah. I mean, he he fully rapes this woman like it's. Yeah, it was some real like 80s, 90s, horny anime stuff. Very weird, guys. That was a little weird. And and that's kind of what I meant. It feels like it's something he would write in like it feels like something out of Willful Child. That's like a satire of the thing. But it feels like here it's it's just kind of played. It just kind of feel like it's part of the book. It's definitely, it's definitely played for laughs in a way yeah. that is like kind of out of place for a book that's this book. Yeah. Last chapter, there are bleeding scarecrows. This chapter, <laughs> a really funny mix up in the bedroom. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> that's funny. Can we please put that in the description? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think Josh is on a real thing. I think usually the, the, the series does a really good job of managing tone, but I mean like the segment, and this is what I told AJ, I was like, you know, even if it's trying to be something that's trying to kind of dissect, dissect this fantasy and, and like, pr- problematic elements or whatever out of it, I just don't really know if that lands for me or, or I don't really I can't really connect with it anyway because of it's like weird tonal position of like, yeah, it's well, like super indulgent. In a yeah. And then way. like immediately after this, we go to Harlow's point of view. I don't know. It's just like, I don't think the tone, I don't think the, the, the tone management worked here. I don't know. Yeah. It's also now bringing up the next scene. It's like such a, you're right. It's super weird in that context as well, because like Harlow is a child of rape and that one, you know, that was oh, yeah. played seriously in memories of ice, uh, you know, it just it it's 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 played like this is like a sex comedy kind of like fun romp thing. And it's just like super not. He fully rapes a woman and we see the entire thing. And then badum tish, the, the scene's over right on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh. To a child's point of view. Yeah. It's yeah. very weird. Weird scene. Weird scene. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it, guys. But question that I have next. Is this mm-hmm. a new POV with yes. um, Harlow and. But we obviously know Grundle and uh, Stony. I did we know that Stony had a child? No, this is really a follow up to that plot line, and one of my yeah. favorite plot lines of the book. I think this plot line rules. I know we were kind of just it's very I confusing mean, to read yeah. though for the first time. Oh no, it's definitely one of those like boom, boom. We're just fully in a new thing. But um, yeah. yeah. What did you guys think of it? I, I love this plot line. I have no, I, I'm really nothing to contribute besides I think it's really good. So yeah, yeah. I don't. I was the kind of um. I mean, we don't know where the story goes, Pete, so I don't really have thoughts on this plotline other than it was a weird part of the chapter. Interesting I to see it. this side of Gruntle. I thought, yeah, I don't know. It was, there's so many names. There were so Too many, many names. names. Why did they get, why did they give Harlow to these people? 
I don't think we know yet. I don't think we even know the Gruntle connection other than maybe they were caravan guards, but we never saw this guy in the last book, right? Like, we didn't have a guy last book who got his legs cut off or anything, did we? I'm sure there was a person who got their legs cut off at some, you know, in some passing. I don't passing. think they were named. No, no, no. Yeah, named. these are definitely no. all new named characters. I think, okay, I think okay, we're good. just supposed to believe that, like, these were people who were in Kapustan with them. Right, right, right. They, yeah, you know, okay. they just kind of all huddled up together, I guess, to... to rebuild or, or whatever they're doing Got it. yeah i i think the 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 pov writing in this section is like some of the best in the series like just just the way that it's written in kind of like a child's eye i think is really good oh it's awesome i think he does a great mm. job of making it really distinct yeah yeah it's it's different exactly it's distinct it's completely different from any of the other povs and i really really home run with that one i think really really good good job steve <laughs> Um, anybody else think his cousin Snell's a little dickhead? Oh, oh yeah. Dude sucks. Yeah. Can't wait for something uh, interesting to happen. Are you going to say something <laughs> okay. bad happened to the kid? I thought you were going to say something terrible happened. I was like, he's a kid. I was. <laughs> I was. I, do, I was. I, I was. <laughs> I do want to say um, we get kind of like a hard timeline here because uh, Harlow says that he's five close to six, which means Capustan and stuff happened six-ish years ago. So that's interesting. Oh, has I it? didn't think of that. That's a good oh, point. Okay. Now that doesn't feel right at all with like the cutter stuff. It does not feel uh-huh. right to say he's been gone for six years. Yeah. I feel like it kind of does with the cutter six stuff because plus they do years. Think about where Cutter started and like where he is now. Like okay. Crocus was like kind of like nah, ah. six years. And now Cutter's like, I'll fuck you up. I'm just gonna drop in and say. I don't know how deep you should look into this. Yeah, this is one of those things that, you know, you know, the timeline is a bit. Steve needed this kid to be five. So he has coherent (sighs) thoughts and an Mm -hmm. internal monologue, not because that's the right time. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. well, but AJ brings it up. This book is the book that kind of is the com because the other ones kind of have a timeline. But this is the one that is like it is the most like, okay, well, these people are this age. So that means blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it raises a lot of questions is all I need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's good. That's fair. That I don't know if we're going to answer on the podcast today. <laughs> Is this a big thing in the community? Well, when you start talking timelines, yeah, this book's going to be a big part of that conversation. All right. Well, cool. Um, great scene. Love it. We then do another little strange, kind of strange <laughs> jump um, to Diker. Mm-hmm. Dyke. I always said Duiker, and I still will stand by that, but it is a weird, it's a weird name mm-hmm. to say. He's having some feelings. He's going through it. They're trying to figure out what's going on with the assassins. And he talks to Mallet and then heads off. Um, So I think that the Diker conversation or the Diker like P like uh, what is the word? POV. I get it. We'll go with POV. I kind of liked it. I always liked um, Diker a lot. How did you guys feel? It's I kind of had a, a similar like feeling of of coming back to Kalor uh, in a way of like, oh, this isn't where I thought this character would end up or like how I thought this. Yeah, character would end yeah. Up. Um, because like it, it's it's revealed in this section that like Duiker is no longer trying to write histories because he's like, there's no point. He, he has a line that says there's no point in writing histories. The only constant is human stupidity, which is I, I don't where's know. The lie? I, it's it's it's. I, I, that quote's like a little bit up its own ass, but also um, 
I think I think it's true. I think it's like a factual statement because, you know, history repeats itself, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I, I think clearly he's disillusioned and kind of falling back on that very, I don't know, I, as you said, kind of whatever, you know, position of like reducing history to just, I don't know, the same thing over and yeah, over yeah, again, you know. Yeah. It feel it feels very much like Steve's personal frustrations bleeding in here. Yeah, exactly. I, I think so. I think in some ways, Dewaker's definitely a self insert for Steve because you know he's a, a he's a anthropologist. Steve is an anthropologist. Has learned a lot about human history and stuff, and I'm sure has seen uh, evidence of of like civilizations failing in similar ways. And it's like, well, this could all be avoided if we all just kind of you know did X Y Z. But it's obviously not that simple. Yeah, I liked the Diker part, though. I feel like it's very true, too. Like, once you, like, I don't know, finish doing something, you're kind of, like, reflecting on it a lot. And he didn't have a lot of good things to reflect on. Mm, A lot of shit things. Yeah, but... um, He's mostly had a bad time being crucified (laughs) at all. So now he's like, well, after all that, that kind of sucked. Then we get... um, New POV. Thority. Thority and Gaz. I like it. I thought it was funny. You think Gaz is funny? I thought Thority was funny. Okay. Did you not? Oh, Thority? Yeah. I, yeah, I was just kind of confused for a sec. Yeah, sure. Thority's fine. Yeah. I, I thought Thority was funny. This is the... Are these the people, like, with the, the guy with no hands? Yeah. Yes. Kind of. Yes, 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 yes. He kind yes, of beats yes. people to death. They yeah. have a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, because he has no hands. And yeah. Yeah, I liked them. I thought they were funny. How did you not think this was funny? I guess the be- the beginning repartee between yes. no, it's not. It's sad. Yeah, I don't find it. Yeah. funny. What is What's sad that? about it? That they're just two miserable people. Every, they're not every, miserable. Yeah, yeah he's deeply he's deeply in love with her and thinks he and knows he's a terrible human and should be gone. And then she's got equally wild. It's yeah. Oh, I thought it was a little bit silly. Yeah. Well, maybe. Okay, guys. I'm sorry I didn't take it so seriously. Um, yeah, he's but he's like being con- he's doing that because of the crippled god, right? Or someone? Not yet. No, not not until later the scene. Later the oh, scene, he becomes so he becomes to, uh wait. he be, he meets someone for the crippled god. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought my understanding. So let's let's just throw that out there. I thought it was a little bit funny because. You know, he has to do all these things, but like he doesn't really want to do them. He has to do them for the crippled God, I thought. So he's just killing people for him. So he killed the first six people just because that's what he does. And the crippled God is saying, congrats, you've sacrificed six people, you know, keep working for us. <laughs> that's and then the he magic number. His, he infects his brain and then he goes on that. He starts, he's going to be going on a rampage, it seems like. Oh, the flies. Yeah, I, mean, I think. I thought it what? was like he was working for him the whole time. Not, not until now. And that they were having like this little like, like she like you know she didn't like. I don't know. I didn't think it. I thought it was silly. Like I thought it was just yeah. like yeah, this guy is such a shitty husband. Ha ha ha. And he's like, no, I love her so much. You know the classic. Yeah. Maybe I'm just really into the whole toxic thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think India. The, the part about that one that made me sad was he'd be happier if he were dead. Is a line that's just fully there, which I think is just deeply, deeply upsetting. Yeah, and so would she. Yeah. I, I I understood. Yeah. She'd also be happier if he was dead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I guess maybe there's something funny in that, like they're kind of trapped and like they think the thing is help is like. 
I don't know. I mean, the whole idea of someone not having a hand due to a fishing accident and then saying, well, now I don't really have anything to do with it, but beat people up. I thought it was fun. India, India, we have a huge fisherman population in our audience. (laughs) Be careful with what you're saying. You can't upset all the... The fisherman market is fucking huge. (laughs) Um, And very big bass. Ten very big hooks. Ten very oh. big hooks, AJ. It was right there. There it is. No, that's good. That's F- good. That's fishing's good. important. I, I shout out to fishers. I don't shout know out to fishermen. To. I love fishing. My dad just posted a picture of us fishing yesterday. Yeah, I've been fishing many times. I'm, I'm uh, you know. That's a really barbaric thing to enjoy, guys. My dad fishes too. It's really fucking psychotic. Uh, well, it's I would psych- rather it's you psychotic know, to go fishing. It's tough. <laughs> do I enjoy fishing or do I enjoy loveless marriages where a man wishes he was dead? You know, <laughs> <laughs> which ones were hey, to each their own? Which, you know, yeah. <laughs> Tomato, well, see, tomato. Tomato. Don't yuck my um. That's the thing. They don't tell you that's what fishing's the gateway into. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Guys, fishing is horrible. It's literally so mean. We you gotta can move send on. the fish back. What we are you gotta talking? move on. After putting an entire hole in their face? I've, I've had a few holes in my cheeks. It's fine. You know, the cheek yeah. grows back. When? That was a joke. I was, I've never had a hole in my cheek in my life. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, we can debate this in the Discord. We got to keep All it right. moving, though. Yeah, we're an hour. We're over an hour. Yeah, in. we we got to slow. We, we're chilling out today, baby. We're, well, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really. This is this is going to be quick, though. So, yeah. So, Gaz, whatever. Um, Ralik Nam. The cult. Yeah, we learned that the Assassin's Guild has been replaced or or or. or I guess infiltrated or whatever. Well, we, and is we've now... known all these things. This is Ralik being told all these things. Did we know that? Sure. It, Yes. Was it was it in Guardians we knew, of the Moon? We knew that there was a new person and that oh, okay. uh, he was trying to get rid of the cult of Ralik Nam. The cult of Ralik was about using poison instead of magic, and the new guy is trying to outlaw it because it's kind of undermining his power, and it seemed as though he had killed them all, but there were rumors that it had just gone underground. Oh, well, there you go. Neat. <laughs> and then all this gets communicated to Ralik Nam now. Yep. Cool. Who then communicates that Vorkin's out, baby. How would you guys feel if you found out there was a cult about you? I, there, so I work at a high school and I teach band. There is a Woof. fucking cult. Woof. They call they call it bakerism. A, that's an intense vibe, brother. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, and then we come back to our great friend is Carl Pust. Pust or mm. bust. Pust or bust. Great friend is that what we're, is that what we're calling him now? I, you guys are the ones that made me have to like him because you guys loved him so much. Are you kidding? No, I didn't he, like this he, person. He, he ingratiated himself to you India. yeah we didn't we didn't have to speak on his behalf you <laughs> exclusively spoke on his behalf because i said he was fucking annoying but that, that's neither here nor there fuck it then is carl pust the one we don't even really like because he's so annoying came and was sworn, like so sworn enemy is girl pust <laughs> and i like that the i really just enjoy the birds they're birds right they're like bird monkey things yeah I like the I like the you put in there, Josh. Well, I mean, it's a BH. What are you going to do? Not and he goes and he he's just there for a second doing something. I don't really it, he he went to the high house. He went somewhere. He went somewhere. Yeah, he went to the temple. He went to the temple of shadow. And then the, the priestess was like, oh, no, yeah. you can't come in. And he's like, yes, I can. And she was like, OK, fine. But your little creatures can't. And he says, OK. And then he walks in and then all of a sudden the book are there, even though there are wards uh, preventing that are supposed to prevent them from getting in. So I don't know if that speaks to the book having power or if it if that's uh, just a Scarl Pust who, having 
Bauer. Yeah, who even knows? Like that shit's rid- crazy. So good, so does. good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but <clears throat> more importantly, Mapo. Yes, yes. Mapo, I feel like he's walking through that god, right or wrong. Walking through what? The god that yeah, he's gonna walk through burn a- the earth goddess. That yeah yeah yeah. Who's yeah? Of the veins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? What are we thinking there? I have no fucking idea. Not a not a clue. Not a shadow yeah. of a de- like. Yeah, I'm with you. It's Peter. I have no comment. <laughs> Pete, what do you think's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to know. You're you're called shots. So we have no called shots. That's fine. Me either. <laughs> I do like when when we see Mapo one of the first things he does is scare someone because he's so tall and he thinks he's like, oh no, did I kill this man because he was so scared of how tall I am? Oh my God, yeah. That was funny. That was so funny. Uh, I don't know yeah. what's going to happen, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be good, India. The last time we were in Burn's <laughs> body, it was like literally burning, like dying terribly. Well, Josh. We were trying to like shore it up. Josh, he's fine because he's bathed in blood, so he'll be okay. Right, He's exactly. not going to melt. Blood. It's totally I'm okay say, look, and normal. You say that like it's a silly thing. If I walk <laughs> through the roughest part of a terrible neighborhood and I'm covered in blood... <laughs> No one is coming at me. <laughs> so it's not action. It's not like a, an actual ward or anything. It's just the flame. The heat is like, Ugh. it's not a ward. It's a threat. It's a threat of violence. It's <laughs> what it is. All right. I walk into the worst prison in America covered in blood. Doesn't matter what I do any other day. That first day you walk in covered in blood. No one's ever coming near you. Moving right along. Oh, my God. Agreed, Pete. Agreed, Pete. What was that? That was a Goron from The Legend of Zelda. And that's what Mapo Cho looks like to me. Big guys. Oh, oh. Just a big guy. That's what Mapo looks like? That's to me. Like in, Pete's, in Pete's headcanon. That's a character from The Legend of Zelda. Okay. It's um, for those who but, can't but see, but it's let the record show. Thing. Rec- he's hot, though. He's a hot Goron. Let the record show. <laughs> okay. I there mean, are hot there Gorons you could find Goron? a picture of, but... I'm anyway. not going to Google hot Goron. Nice try, AJ. You don't have to. It's <laughs> the guy, the one from Breath of the Wild is hot. And also the one from Majora's Mask is also hot. That's true. All right. I did Google it and it's pretty good. To be honest. <laughs> Hold they're on. all they're all chilling out in hot springs. I love this. OK, let's move on to my favorite people. Skillara and Cutter and Barathol. Great group. I really love Skalara and Barathol. Um, I think that they're cute little friends. Cutter was not doing yeah. it for me. Like Cutter, I understand for the time. It was like, okay, this is great. I love it. But it's more so like I had to uh, endure Cutter. Sometimes Whereas, you have to eat your vegetables, you know. Exactly. Exactly. But Skalara has just been a whole gem. Um, Barathol and her are cute. I really hope that they date. Anybody else? Anybody else there? Sklar and Barathol, that'd be nice. They both deserve Pete. something nice. I don't know if I went on the date, but I do love their their little, uh, like, relationship. Their little banter. Yeah, it's nice. Me too. And I do like the way she, like, stands. I Maybe we should just, like... So, Galar and Barathol, like, had this... They go into this red light district, and it's amazing. And um, then they go to the tavern, and who do they see? <laughs> who do they run into? No other than some bridge burners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's right? a, uh, Oh wait, that's uh, funny. Yeah, are they still bridge burners? Scene. They don't know anything about the bone retired hunters bridge burners. Stuff. Yeah, okay, retired bridge burners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, don't, I guess they're not technically, are they? They're ex-bridge burners. They're ex-bridge burners, ex- but they're not yeah. bone hunters. They're just ex-bridge burners. No, 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 no. The only bridge hunter who's a bo- bridge burner who's a bone hunter is Fiddler. Fiddler. And yeah. kind of Quake Ben, but yeah. Um, did anybody else forget that Barathal and Kalam are related? No. No, because his name's <laughs> Barathal Mekar. Yeah, but it's also just like Barathal. I forgot that they were cousins. <laughs> they, called, they made a point in this chapter, India, to refer to him as Barathal Mekar just to remind us. Yeah. I love this. This this scene is so fun. What do you love about it? Uh, it? It's just it's just a good time. I don't know. We're just like being goofy. Like this is our or this is this book's like, you know, we're just jumping from like soldier to soldier, seeing what all the goofy stuff they're doing, except I actually care about these people. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I've had time with these people and I'm not like just being introduced to them. Like I care about Picker and Blend and Barathal and, you know, and the whole group and the fact that they're just like they don't trust him because he's related to Kalam or, or whatever. And Kalam probably spoke bad about him or something. I don't remember if there was anything specific. Correct me if I'm wrong. But and so then they're just like drinking each other under the table or like sending each other gross drinks. I just think it's really funny. It's one of the lighter scenes of the chapter, which Definitely. I think is nice. It's um, super welcomed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It's been a well, I thought the other chapter was kind of funny, but you guys didn't. Um, I mean, the other scene. <laughs> so I think it's kind of like welcomed a nice little breather and it's light you know to read it's not as like pay attention pay attention yeah this will be brought up later or was already brought up so i really liked that that i really like i don't know i don't really feel like talking about the crone we must talk about the crone stuff we must i know we must talk about the crone what are they doing do you think the crone like what what is the like are they going to work for shadow throne and also so the crone and rake have like this little friendship situation, but he's kind of mean yeah. to her. Well, yeah. the, and the crone's a giant bird. Yeah. Yes. Right. And what are they doing though, guys? What did you get from like, maybe, I don't know. Who wants to take my question about how you felt about like what you thought about the scene and what you Again, took from it? This, this book is a cipher that will like on a second read, I'm sure this scene says something important or like hints at something important, but like on a first read, it's indecipherable, you know, like, they're definitely sp- they, so. There's a guy with jade eyes with from the realm of the fallen one. We know that the jade shit from book six. We know those people came from the same air, same world as the crippled god or whatever. So like, assumedly, this has something to do with that. But like, we do not know anywhere near enough to kind of make connections. We we also know like I, I mean, it seems like Shadow Throne and maybe Anamander Rake are like tentatively going to work together but like no one trusts shadow throne because he's like a lunatic so that's all the other thing they're talking about is trying to suss out whether he's trustworthy so that's about as much as i got out of this i was under the impression that this demon has Haboric's soul in it because they talk about they do say from the realm of the fallen one which doesn't track with Haboric, but they say stuff about him reaching like like this soul is reaching for its god, touching and recoiling, which we know that he has touched the god which made Fenrir fall from the sky. They also say something about uh, the, the spirit being of a very religious person. Uh, sorry, a most spiritual individual. So Heborg was certainly spiritual, maybe not necessarily religious. And I do also think they say they say that this uh, the spirit is a manifestation of another body that is that is far away um so i was just assuming that it was heboric but perhaps i'm wrong <laughs> i didn't catch any of that and if you're right that's a fucking incredible called shot yeah that's all uh, i gotta say about that 
Well, Haborik was murdered really violently. I actually forget how he died. I thought those things came and killed everyone, almost killed Scalara, yes. almost killed Cutter, did yes. kill Haborik, ripped him apart. Right. And then they took Haborik's chunks and they were going to take it to Letharis or whatever. And then the moon fell and they threw and then Haborik fell into the ocean and then his jade hands, whatever, it's reached kind of up. And, uh, so he yeah. wasn't. Well, he didn't, what killed him? What was the thing that killed him? It was him? the Talani Mass. The, 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 the sun, Mass. The, the Unbound. Oh, right. The, the Unbound. Right. He died there. Totally forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. But his spirit was still around. Mm. I didn't know his spirit was still around. Well, yeah, he did the whole jade thing thing hand jade hand thing. He, he held the moon up or whatever. Oh, shielded them from the. You, you remembered at the time. You knew what was happening at the time. <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Well, I, I do just want to say, I want to take back my call shot. I don't think I'm right. Um, you're, you're taking up, you're recalling the shot. I'm recalling the shot because I, I had understood, <clears throat> or I guess I had misunderstood the, the sentence um, where they say, what you see here is not a, manifest, a, a physical manifestation, a soul, I believe, disconnected from its corporeal self, which makes me think that it is still, like that is still the demon. Uh, it is is like a still the soul of a demon. And they says the conversations have been enlightening. I, I don't know. But uh, it's really just the, the jade eyes and stuff. Now, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say that Haboric Haboric is the soul connected to this thing. And that its physical manifestation is just looks like a is just like stand looking in, like looks like stand a in your truth. AJ so, you got this. Yeah, we know he's fully jaded. He did. You the whole, called you recalled. You've called again. I have re recalled. Yeah, so. Chill base is Haboric confirmed. Thank you. Chill base is Haboric, baby. All right. Well, that's great. Yes. Great. Now I'm here and I'm going to put on Cutter on blast. Not Cutter. Cutter's the best. We all know this. Best character. Yeah, I was um, so confused. I was like, what? Cutter is not the best, but go ahead. So Cutter's there and he's like, oh, he's, you know, he has all these, he feels weird. He's coming home after all this time. He's like, or these people are going to know me. I've changed so much. Like, what is the, my relationship going to be like coming back to the Phoenix Inn? So he's outside. They bump into Ralic. They do that whole thing, yada, yada, yada. He ends up inside. And then he's talking to Krupp. And uh, then Krupp offers this absolutely insane take. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so Krupp's talking to Krupp is talking about, you know, we, we, life goes on and on. And he says, tell Kruppa, dear Cutter, do you believe that we are all equal? Equal? Well, Kruppa cuts him off. A laudable notion. We can both agree. Yes. Yet. And he raises one unclean finger. Is it not true that from one year to the next, we each ourselves are capable of changes so fundamental that our present selves can in no reasonable way be considered equal to our past selves? If the rule does not apply even within our own individual lives, how can one dare hope to believe that it pertains collectively? Absolutely insane take out of Kruppa here and just need to put him on blast. He's on notice. You know, I just read it. I was like, you know, what is up with this Krupp? And, you know, obviously he's a really pretentious up his own ass kind of character. So it really makes sense. Whoa, just, Kruppa? Kruppa? No way. Just like... Th- the art, it just, it, 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 it like, boom, just bloom. It just really got under my fucking skin here. It just really got under my skin. Really so. seems like a pretty innocuous thing to get you so heated up, if I'm being honest well, see, that's, with you. I think that's what bothers me even more. It's just, it's, it's like presented as like a thrown off innocuous thing Krupp saying. And it's like, no, this actually sucks. And you're, this is a really bad take. I guess so. Part what, of do you, me, what do you mean you guess so? I don't know. Part of me feels like he's just saying shit. And he doesn't actually believe any of it. 
He's just saying shit because but it doesn't because make, he knows it doesn't Crocus, make any sense because he knows you know? Crocus has changed and or Crocus slash Cutter has changed and that's kind of eating him up and he's like everybody changes <laughs> like that but, seems but, like but, that's but, what but, the take is it, it it seems like that's the take but then it gets into this like what you're better than the past version of yourself so everybody's not equal what does this possibly mean you know it's like complete nonsense you know mm. it, it's really bad comforting to C- Cutter if that's the goal of of Krupp there you know well, yeah. Yeah, I'll agree that. I think that's the point. <laughs> it just feel I read this take and it feels like Krupp saying, I, like, some people are better than other people. I'm better than other people. <laughs> is that not his take here? You know, is I, it a wrong take? <sighs> yes, that is wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, though. I do think he's trying to comfort Cutter, which is the larger context of this conversation is yeah. this Cutter's identity question. You know, yeah. Yeah. I just want to put Krupp on notice. This this line is it caught got caught in my crawl and I've been just sitting here chewing on it. Clearly. I have to tell you, airing this grievance was not the catharsis emotional release I thought it was gonna be. It seems like I'm the only it seems you like I'm the only one yeah, who even Peter, cares about you're it. You're totally right. I agree. Krupp said a silly thing, and that's dumb. It seemed important yeah. at the time, AJ. <laughs> I I made a highlight for a reason. I was like, this is gonna be a good point to bring up on the show. <laughs> They're gonna Sorry, love buddy. this point. Sorry. I think it's gonna be right in in. Wow, Pete, great point. <laughs> <laughs> we all were thinking it. Yeah. Krupp said something dumb. What's new? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I do just want to say we we kind of skipped past the Cutter and Ralik part, which I don't, I don't think we need to dwell on it. But Cutter asks Ralik, he's like, hey, where have you been? <laughs> like, Oh, what were you doing? <laughs> like, my man. I was just also asleep. <laughs> Is there anything else left in this chapter that needs to be discussed? Cutter and Ralik fight and Cutter whoops his ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, there's some like... T- Torvald stuff talking with Tessera and uh, his wife. I don't know. Yeah, his wife. Okay. I think it's kind of a sweet scene. You know, I kind of like their relationship. Mm -hmm. You've been stealing again, haven't you? And that's it. Chapter six. Let's get the fuck out of here, guys. As Kruppa ever says, it is a wise ox that gets the yoke. So remember that. Now, see, when he says something like that, I'm like, whatever, I tune it out. But he says one thing that just really got me, you know? (laughs) I get it, buddy. I get it. Sorry, buddy. Chapter 6. Traveler is met by Shadowthrone and Cotillion. Shadowthrone offers to give Traveler food and drink and have the hounds lead Traveler to salvation, but refuses to say what he wants in return. Traveler asks about the two white hounds and wonders if they might be the fabled hounds of light. Traveler realizes the bear had been driven to him by the two gods and angrily asked which of them wrecked his ship and killed his crew. Cotillion says they wouldn't have done that and Traveler seems to accept that and leaves. Shadowthrone and Cotillion are relieved after Traveler leaves without trying to kill them and discuss how Mail had been the one who smashed Traveler's ship and that they had pulled Traveler out. They wonder why Mail wanted to delay Traveler. They discuss how they cannot fail, and timing is all. Nananda tells the group they should discuss if they can trust Clip. They all agree that they don't, but are divided on if they can trust Desra. Clip and Desra return, and Clip tells them the dying god will soon appear and they should go, which they do. They come across the scarecrows writhing above the plants, which have opened and sent out clouds of pollen. 
Namander is drawn in and wants to taste the pollen, but is pulled back by Skintick, who is also drawn. They barely make it back, but are brought inside by Arantha. He feels Arantha's power, an emanation of will, that she keeps cloaked until it's needed. They hear sounds of clips slaughtering the villagers. During the night, Namander fights with the ghosts in his head. Fade implies she killed his love, then warns him he should kill Nananda before he is usurped by him. At dawn, they find Clip, comatose, covered in the blood of the villagers he'd killed in the tavern. Arantha says they took something from him, and they decide to go to Bastion, where the dying god resides, to get it back. Endis senses a shout, knowing that every other Tistandi must sense it, and hopes it is Mother Dark returned. He heads to find Rake. Rake asks Endist if he agrees with Mother Dark's past judgment of him. Endist asks what they should do about what is happening, but as he listens, he has no idea of what Rake is saying or thinking. Suddenly, the strange power disappears, and when Endist asks Rake if it will return, Rake instead muses over the ever-changing sea. Nothing lasts forever. Salen says the Redeemer is in trouble by something from the south that had the flavor of Kerald Ghislaine. Around her, pilgrims are worried about their safety now that they've been abandoned by the Benighted. The pilgrims ask if the Redeemer is yet another indifferent god and wonder who will stop Gratathan. Salen recalls her own trouble in the past as a firstborn of the Teniscalri. They decide to go confront Sir Doman, though she thinks it is a bad choice. Spinnok and Sirdimin are playing Keftinar in the tavern. Spinnok thinks of this strange drink, Kellic. He's begun to see abusers stumbling glaze-eyed through the city. Spinnok is shocked when Sirdimin surrenders the game. Siland arrives and Sirdimin is shocked and furious, telling her that this is his refuge and demanding she leave. Spinnok leaves the two alone and waits outside. When Salen leaves, Spinnok speaks to her. Salen tells Spinnok how Sirdimin used to pray each day at the temple, that he has missed, then she leaves. Spinnok thinks he must do something for Sirdimin, for her, and he wonders at the effect she has had on him. Kala recalls past women and his thoughts on attachment. His thoughts are interrupted by a sense of power north of him, and then another he recognizes as Tystandi. He wonders if it is Corlat or Orphanthal. He remembers how he has killed dragons before, though thinks two at the same time might be harder. The powers disappear, and he heads toward Darugistan. Kalor hitches a ride with Namander's group, heading toward Bastion with Clip still comatose in the back of the wagon. Traveler meets the Kindaru on the Lamath Plains, who tell him they've recently found an ambushed group of 30 Scathandi riders, killed seemingly by a demon, we think, who walks like a storm, dark with terrible rage. They explain the Scathandi is ruled by the captain, who sits in an ever-moving two-story carriage drawn by slaves. The next day, they scavenge the ambush site, Traveler taking a horse, and then are surprised by the appearance of a woman who says she's following the damned demon to give him his damned horse back.
chapter six, we pick up with Traveler talking to Shadow Throne and Cotillion. And he wants to, he's going to beat those asses. And they're scared. I don't know. This is a lot of Shadow Throne and Cotillion. Yeah. And I can't lie to you guys. I tone them out. I have no yeah. fucking idea what their, what, their, what their game is and what they're playing at. Well, this is a relatively important scene, it, it is. seems like. This first one with Traveler and them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me about it, Josh? Well, we learn a lot of things. First off, at the end of their conversation, we we finally get an actual reveal that Traveler is indeed Dasim Ultor, first Dasim sword of the Olsen. Empire, which we I had called a while, or I think maybe I thought that about Keeper. I believe I called that Keeper was that, but I was sure. wrong. It's Traveler's Dasim Ultor. Who uh, is that person? The first sword of the Malazan Empire under Kellen Ved's rule, basically the best warrior in the Malazan Empire yeah. when Kellen Ved and Dancer were alive. He's been getting name dropped for every Forever. every book. Yeah, yeah, he's like very very strong, which makes sense that it's Traveler. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, we learned that like we learned that the the bear was sent by Shadow Throne so that Traveler could sustain himself, and now the dogs are there. But also we learned that maybe the Traveler is the original owner of the dogs, which is a big fucking reveal <laughs> of some kind. So they love him. They send him on his merry way. There's also two dogs to replace the dead dogs from before, and they are the fabled Hounds of Light, maybe, but Shadow Throne just kind of playing coy and refusing to admit that, which I, I love when he does that. Yeah. And he's just like, really hadn't noticed. So <laughs> I don't understand what that is. Well, there's Hounds of Dark, which is what, or Hounds of Shadow, which these guys had. And then there's the well, Hounds both. of Dark from book six, where they're like fucking humongous and only two of them get released, but they're terrible. And that one person from the Bone Hunter squad under Yagatan kills one, and that's a huge deal. Forget who, which one it was, though. It was not Masan Galan. No, that was, she killed Desim, Desim Nabral. Yeah. There's the other one, though. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, um, fuck this. Oh, and the, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Hounds of Dark kill the Desim, or they attack the Desim Nabral. That's right. So they yeah. go after that. But so the Hounds of Shadow are one thing, and then the Hounds of Dark are way scarier, apparently. But then the Hounds of Light are here now, and they haven't been seen in forever, and we have no idea how we got them, which is pretty great. Yeah. And then Traveler's like, last thing, did you fuck with my boat and kill all my men? And they're like, what? No. We would never. Uh, I would, we would never, never done that. And then he leaves and they're like, well, good thing we didn't tell him we had to save his ass and mail through everything he had at him. Which is interesting because we know mail and we have no idea why he would want to kill Dasimultor. Yeah. Yeah. And Dasimultor is going to go kill Hood. Is that right? Is that who he's after? He's going to go kill Death? Hmm. Am I right, Pete? He's got a plan. He's going to go, yeah. I'm pretty sure he says he's going to go kill Hood, or at least confront Hood. So Very good. Great job, Josh. <laughs> to be honest, once we get to the last section, like, I mean, once we get to the last chapter, I'm as good as useless. Um, why? Because my brain hurts, and at this point, I'm just trying to get through it. Yeah, I don't know, guys. Also, Fair. this book really just isn't fucking doing it for me. I'm so bored. I find it to be so boring. You guys seem so jazzed, and I am bored. I don't like it. Damn. I'm not having a good time. But yeah, I just figured I'd share that now. Usually I share it earlier on, but I feel like as we get more to the end, I should probably just let you know. Um, not enjoying this book so far. Mm. Okay. Anyway. When, you, to, to, when you say when we get more to the end, you mean of the series? No, 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 no. I meant I meant the end of this episode. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I should have said it earlier. Like in the beginning when we first started, we God. we haven't done like a temperature check in a while. So, um, uh, well, I'll ask you guys again at the end. Probably because uh, this is only the second episode we've recorded. In- 
Yeah, but it's but. fucking heinous. Am I right? Um, uh, so, yeah. Then we get to Nananda and they're discussing, um, like, Clip. Mm-hmm. And, sure. you know, no one really likes Clip. And they don't know who they can trust and all this fun stuff. Um, and then my favorite part of the whole thing is when the scarecrow starts singing. So <laughs> that's your favorite part. It's the best part, AJ. It's a whole fever dream of a section of a chapter. And then the scarecrows who are dead people start bleeding and screaming in harmony. Like, hell yeah, that's awesome. I wouldn't say I love I really that. found this section funny. I really liked it. It really <laughs> yeah. was busting me There's up. There's a lighthearted humor that you can find in here, AJ, if you just open your mind a little bit. Jesus. If you just realize that dead people singing is hilarious... <laughs> Yeah, um, they're they're scarecrows. AJ, next episode when you get to a really dark section, just like drop a lot of acid and then read it, and I think you'll really find the humor in it. I think if I read this part while dropping acid, I probably would have like yeah, you're in the basement. Yeah, I would have yeah. like put myself in the washing machine and been like, let me know when they're, <laughs> let me know when the scarecrows are gone. Like anyway, but I kind of, I kind of love all this, you know. This stuff is just good, in my opinion. It is very yeah, this, terrifying. This was the only uh, good part of the whole thing. I really enjoy scenes that I don't have to wonder if I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. So when things are just kind of like seem to be a little straightforward, nothing like I'm just in, it's just leisure. I don't need to use my brain. I'm not wondering what's coming next. I'm not wondering what came before. I'm not wondering what I don't know. I actually can understand what I'm reading. Those are the things that I like. I feel like the clip stuff is very, I just don't like, I just take it for what it is. Mm -hmm. I accept that I don't know anything. Right. It makes the reading a lot less like tedious. Whereas when you have like some kind of understanding of what's going on, like, that's why I hate the Shadow Throne and Cotillion stuff, because like they're very clearly playing around towards something and I yeah. just don't know what it is. Yeah. And that bothers me. And then you guys always are like, oh, yeah, they know what they are up to. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. With, but with Clip, only Clip knows what he's up to and he's not telling anyone and we never see in his head. So we can just be like, fine, you're doing your thing. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> but. yeah. Yeah, and I think the lack of knowledge here doesn't read as like, oh, like what? It doesn't make you go like, what's going on? I don't get the scene. You're just like, okay, well, this is weird imagery or like, you know, I don't really Um, understand that character, but I understand Amanda. I understand the situation. So I do think it reads differently. (sighs) Yeah. Do you guys think that the crippled god is, is that the dying god? Yes. I mean. Why do they call him that? Because he's constantly like in a state of dying, like he's super fucked up. So then, fucking pick a name and stick to it. I'll say this first. Actually, you know what? Let me back up. It's possible that the crippled god is not the dying god, but the crippled god has so much imagery already in this series of his blood being used for shit that it would make it just makes sense that if some god is using their own blood as a drink to control people, it would probably be him. But it could not be. It's Steve. You never know. Uh, yeah, because I've been reading this as if the crippled god and the dying god are one and the same, but then it just dawned on me that like... But it, but also this god is like referenced as being in immense pain, which like is the crippled god's whole thing. Yeah. So it would just... Right, just don't exactly. Know who, like, I feel a, like it's like obvious. If it's a different god, then it's it's a very long con we are being pulled on, having pulled on us right now. The crippled god's cousin. Yeah, I don't think so. 
we're like all dying all the time. Am I right? That's true. Love that, Pete. Wait, we're not going down this. We are not going down this road. What I was going to say was that um, is he controlling them? Like, like you know, like when um, like the pollen starts coming out of the sky or wherever the fuck it's coming yeah. out of, and then they all want to go touch it and stuff. Yeah, is that good? Would that is that like what is that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Some sort of would that of, turn them into scarecrows? Some sort of spore or something. Some sort of like. Parasite it infects their their minds. Yeah, I don't know, but but they all escape it except for uh, Clip, which is upsetting. Yeah, but then his soul is just like gone. Yeah, which is classic. Am I right? <sighs> Love a good soulless body. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, that happens, and then um, they're like, "All right, guys, we gotta go. We gotta go." Uh, we gotta go figure out what what's going on with Clip. So let's go to the dying god. Let's go to Bastion. 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 Ooh. Is it great, Bastion great in Kingdom Hearts? Hollow Bastion. Yeah. Uh, that's Hollow Bastion, and then there's also the video game Bastion. Also it's good. Just a great name. There's the character from Overwatch named Bastion. Yeah. We're not even getting into Little Mermaid with Sebastian. Damn it! You beat me to it. Yeah. That's, that one doesn't that's, count. That's Sebastian because he lives in the ocean. Oh, you guys are annoying me. <laughs> anyway, India, are you a huge Kingdom Hearts fan? Yeah. Is that oh, true? Shit. Yeah. Amazing. It's true, guys. Just find huge India. Tell me, explain the plot of Kingdom Hearts to yeah, me. Yeah, the water goes pretty deep there. <laughs> like, how are you in well, the mobile games, Inge? Uh-uh. Did you okay. just play the first one? Or did you, have you played all of them? Or the, uh, the main ones, I guess? I don't know. How many trading cards have games <laughs> have you played? There's just the one. None. They did the one twice. I played it on PlayStation. Yeah, that's the system it's on. <laughs> Shout out to my it. gamers, am I right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, can we please continue? I know that there's Mickey Mouse and uh, the little guy with the hair. His name starts with an S. And mm-hmm. then there's that blonde We've got girl. Our, okay. next, our next book, our next podcast series is going to be Seven ex seven no. way too long titled video no, games. I will not a Kingdom do that. Hearts. I won't do plot that. recap. I'm sorry. You can get me to I'll read these. I don't know though. I I got you guys to read these books. I feel like I owe everyone one. So if that's Josh's pick, is we play Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> we play all the mainline Kingdom Hearts games and try to talk about the story. Yeah, I would do that. That sounds like a good ass time. Mine will be the Metal Gear Solid games. I would much rather make you all just play every Fire Emblem game. Or every Ugh. Dynasty Warriors game and just like exist in those worlds with me. I've never heard of those. I will say Kingdom Hearts has an equal amount of stuff where it's just like fantasy concepts that's just like named weird ideas that you're expected to keep track of and it's pretty yeah. convoluted. So mm-hmm. I think there's actually a comparison with Malazan here. So But imagine yeah. but 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 see now uh let's take uh Trying to find a, a, a particularly edgy line here. Just to take any line from, from Malazan here and imagine Goofy saying it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me put... Let's, give me, Goofy let's, sounds let's the same as Kruppa. Yet a most dubious piece, the piece of death. <laughs> In terrible pain, the gate to his tormented soul open. Yeah, there you that go. Is so good. That is a line from Kingdom Hearts. That is a Kingdom Hearts video game line. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Endus, please. Um, and, and Amanda Rake, played by Mickey Mouse, is just good. This is a fact. It is. Gosh. He has Dragnet Purr. That's his thing. Now. Yeah. Carcanus. 
Uh, we didn't even bring that up in the first section when uh, this, they, ep- this they, episode's never going to end. No, they they drop they drop Carcanus. <laughs> they do. They do talk about it. I noticed. Yeah. And then they say that 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 it's unless I misunderstood, which is possible. They said it's that like that's Amanda Rake's city. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Anyway, this section. <laughs> what could be the reward for suffering? Um <laughs> <laughs> And it's in rake. Guys, fuck. I would try a Donald Duck, but I don't have it in me. I can't I can I cannot do it. So it I'm would not end up sounding like that Mabim Bam bit where Griffin tries yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um try, now I can now I can only now I am only worried about thinking of if there's another Disney character I can do a bad impersonation of. Sylvester. Oh, I could do Sylvester. That's easy. Uh I don't, I don't have a line in front of me. Wow. Okay. You really need to let us down there, buddy. Oh, there's not enough S's. Did I not see through what was to come before life's arrival? We were in a civil war like that. You know, it'd be pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. All right. Um, all right. Endis so- and Rake. Endis and Rake are discussing Mother Dark and whether go. or not yes. it's Thank true you. what India she said. Pulling what? us back on topic. What is this? <laughs> yeah. India just wants the I, show to be done. I literally <laughs> am so hungry at this point. Um, yeah. All I'm thinking about is bacon, egg, and cheese that I'm going to get after this. Uh, so, yeah. Man, I wish. Oh, I'm really excited. I'm going to make it in a little wrap. But I don't have any breakfast potatoes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, yeah. So, I don't know, guys. I Again, the, the rake endist, let's talk about Mother Dark why what is happening what is the point what are we trying to do what is what are we trying to do here guys what do you take from this what did you get from this conversation i i don't i have no uh, india the the tissy stuff is in no the tissy andy stuff is inscrutable right now Mm -hmm. i don't understand literally what is going on or any of the conversations the words are honestly i'm gonna say it they're like too much there's too fucking much of them too many words. Too many Just words? generally? Yeah, like in a sentence. Like I, I fully agree, um, but I also think it's kind of like another like great piece of POV writing because like these yeah. dudes are all at least, you know, 20,000 years old or whatever. They don't have to, they, they don't need brevity, you know? They can just they talk for as words. long as they want because they're not going to fucking die. They don't, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they can just say the entire, their entire thoughts at all times and they can say them as slow or protracted as they like, as they would like. Yeah, and I, I actually, I, I fully agree, AJ. I think, it, I think it's, this section's well-written in that regard. I mean, channeling the Andy, you know, bereft of purpose as mother dark said i mean when you are in these sections and you are just hanging out with these two guys being like so our past huh that was so difficult i remember that and they're just going on and on and then you know they're just looking out at the sea thinking about life you know it, it you're really sitting in it like man you guys you guys really have lost it you know we we're really we're really deep in the feels right now you know yeah yeah i mean i i get it it doesn't mean I have to like it. No, I get that. No, I I, I get it. It's not it's not a par- like, do I prefer when we're all hanging out in Kroll's bar and we're like doing yeah. bits, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that the gist of this entire section is is that Rake tells Endist, like, I need you to be by my side in battle. I would ask Spinnock, but he's got other stuff to do. Sorry. Yeah. And I think that's this whole section. I think that's it. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's pretty it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. And Endist doesn't want to do it. Cause he's just an old guy. Sorry, bud. And this is kind of like a like a kiss ass mama's boy. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Take him down a peg, baby. I hope there's not some sort of grand betrayal coming. Oh yeah. Shit. I just now I just now thought that, that realized that that's a possibility. Yeah, that is a possibility. And didn't at some point he say like one day you're gonna betray me like Jesus? I do Jesus. think he did say that. Yeah. Which was like very much Easter vibes. He brought up Jesus. He name dropped JC. Yeah, he pulled a Jesus. One day you're gonna betray me. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did say that. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. so. Is it, he didn't say it like that, but that is how Jesus said it. So that's the that's the way I took it. I was like, wow, this is getting real biblical in this yeah. bitch. So I actually think Jesus name dropped into salon. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that bit of the Bible. And we, I, I love the part of the Bible, uh, Animandaris. That's my favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so then we um, move on. So the Seer Daman hasn't been back to the Barrow. <sighs> and uh, everybody's just kind of like, why? What the fuck? What's going to happen? And that's it. And then we find out that he's actually just playing in the fucking tavern. So, Keftan, you know. maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember if it's if it's this section, but it's definitely around uh, this Seer Doman Redeemer stuff. He gets confronted uh, by the the priestess um, and she's like, yeah, she comes. She comes to the bar yeah. and she says, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, OK. And he's like, I don't know why I'm the chosen one. It's not like I'm worshiping this dude, like whatever. And she's like, that's not the point, man. He just <laughs> likes to hang out with you, which I thought was just a wild thing. That like, mm. I don't know, uh, like seer, the seer domain's not like expecting anything from the redeemer. And so the redeemer's like, oh, cool. I can just kind of chill with you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. It's it's a it's a interesting space, I guess, for like a. I just didn't think that the redeemer was real, like had feelings. And how does she know? Because she's a priestess of the redeemer. Yeah. Well, welcome to religion. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know how they feel because I say so. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I just believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that happens. It's worth noting that the, the people around the Barrow are now being attacked by ex panion soldiers. Right. Yeah. Then they're, they're coming and they're like, oh, the Redeemer will yeah. the Redeemer will protect us. And then they're like, maybe the Redeemer is an indifferent God who won't do anything. If Sirman and if next chapter does not end with Sirman kicking some ass, I'm going to be very <laughs> upset. That's what I want out of this. I want to get like a day of the dead, like hand bursting from the Barrow and <laughs> Kofi and being like, I'm oh, here to beat that's ass. A, that's maybe you might be asking a little much. <laughs> I think it's more likely that Sirman's like, whatever, let me just fucking end some fools. No, I, ah! I want him to come out and say, AJ's like really cool and my best friend. <laughs> So I think that's a pretty pretty good ask. AJ's called shots are second to none. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> yeah, and then we get this really disturbing Calor uh, POV. What disturbed you? He would, you know, lock women in towers and then preg- impregnate them. So I would assume rape them, and then yeah. when they had babies, he would kill them so that they couldn't grow attached to them because. They're dead. And so that no uh, no one could grow up to defeat him. Yeah. The dude's fucking awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But part of Feel me bad. is yeah. part of me does does wonder. Maybe he missed one, you know? 
Ooh. Maybe there's oh. maybe there's a, a, a Calor kid. Calor's kids. Anyway, uh, who's going to come you know, and it's, it, stab him? All, all this Calor stuff's really sad. You're like, man, you're li- yeah. you live a terrible life. And like the all of, you know, you, the, you've you've constructed a prison, which is making you miserable and has destroyed your life. You know, that's, you know, it's lonely at the top. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's not really what I was getting at, but sure, yeah, it's lonely. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it just kind of, I don't know, I feel like all of his POV is just about, like, power mm-hmm. and killing and power. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, this idea that dominating is going to bring you some sort of great life and, yeah. you know. And it only took him a million years to be like, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should stop. This isn't working out for me. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and heads toward Jerugistan, so that's disturbed as well. That's where all our boys are at, and girls. He's on his way. But he meets up with our friends. That's true. And Husk. Yeah, that was... Did anyone, like, reread that section a bunch to decide if it was Traveler or Calor? Yes. I, I like, really went over it before I, before I was settled on it being Calor because there was no bear skin. Mm-hmm. That's one other thing I could decide. No, I think they say something about him being, like, bony or something, like, looking really skinny. Like, okay, well, this is... Oh, did they? I think so. I think so. Maybe not. I did I did settle on it being Calor, which I was glad I was correct about, but it took me a while. <sighs> yeah. The deep lines of his gaunt visage. Yeah, well, then the very next section fills you in, and you're like, okay, well, here's Traveler. So clearly, he that was Calor. Yeah, yeah. And then we go back to Traveler. Weird, weird scene, huh? This one? What's yeah. weird about this scene? Well, it is a the little The Traveler weird. scene? Why, like, what is the purpose of him, like, meeting this whole clan of the last people of this, you know, ancient, it's just weird out of nowhere. And, like, based on the ending, they're going to now be gone, you know. But can you imagine Traveler and Carsa? <laughs> I can't wait for that. So hype for, so hype for that to happen in a couple chapters. Do you think they're going to fight alongside each other? I feel like... You never know with Carsa. Well, I, I feel like Carsa's like, you know, wants to tear down civilization and Traveler slash Decimal Tor was like the sword of civilization. Right. But like, imagine <laughs> if he's like, yo, let's go kill death. You know, uh, yeah, okay, Carsa's yeah. like, that sounds fucking sick. Yeah. I'll unchain all of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's going to be some wild shit. The Tori reread has spoiled that it was Samar on that horse. I did not catch that, but I knew oh, you they didn't? were talking about. You didn't notice it was Samar? I knew they were talking about Carsa, so I'm sure, like, in a moment, I would have, like, as soon as that scene comes back, I'd have been like, who would know Carsa? Oh, yeah. Samar. Duh. Yeah. 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 For me. India, you said we haven't done a temperature check in, the while, in a while. Well, it's because we took, like, six weeks between the sure, 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 last sure, two sure, episodes. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Do we want to take a temperature check? I hate it. I fucking hate this book. Um, I, feel, I feel like we just gotta let it rot. I don't know. Well, sure. I, yeah. I, I, I want to take. It's my episode, Peter. That's what I mean. I'm not. I, that's why I withdrew it. I was withdrawing. I was done. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, AJ, temperature check. I'm loving it. Very hot on this book. Uh, I'm having a great time. I'm looking forward to continuing to read this book uh, at a at a more regular pace than we have the first two sections yeah. because of our freaking schedules. You know, Josh. Temp check. Loving it. 10 out of 10. That's bullshit. Uh, PB, temp check. Second reread. Second read. How do how do we feel? Love it. Love it more. About the same. This is actually my third time reading the book. Uh, let the record show. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yes. With only this book? This is weirdly the only book I've already reread. So this is Burr. <laughs> Ooh, why? Why'd you reread it? I think you told I think I knew this, though, for some reason. 
Why um, did you reread it? Yeah, so when we first started it, for various reasons, maybe we'll talk about in, in, in Dust of Dreams, I, did, I was like, I, I, I really wanted to make sure I really knew the ending super well, because I guess in my mind I thought that was, you know, whatever, we'll talk about it later. But So I was like, well, I'm going to reread 8, 9, 10 to kind of build into the ending. And then I reread 8, and that was like, yeah, no, you know what, I'm fine. I pretty much get it. <laughs> and then I just, just qu- quit the endeavor. So I only reread 8. I can't, I can't wait until the nice. inevitable point in book 9 where you're like, I completely forgot that this happened. <laughs> That's 100% going to happen. We'll talk about it more in book 9. Yeah. But um i i enjoyed rereading it and i'm you know here i am cruising having a good time so well, nice long episode we really we really yeah. did it now didn't we uh, it'll it'll cut down i think we did a lot of kind of meandering and and like slow speaking or you know taking time between thoughts mm-hmm. we're like Anamander rake yes this is the the, the tice dandy of episodes oh yeah all right guys well to be honest this is me this is it Thank you for joining us. It's been a really, it's been a really fun ride for me. It's been a really good time. And if you got through this episode again, proud of you. <laughs> it sounds like you're about to quit the podcast. <laughs> it sounds like you're about to retire. And you'll from the never team. hear from me again. Thank you for having me. Bye. <laughs> we we bring on in, in Robo India once. Yeah. <laughs> when I say come, you say passion. Come. Passion. passion.